On today's first round KO, we get to continue our NFL season preview with uh, the NFC South. We cover the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers. And then we have some segments, winners and losers for you guys. Let's get it. Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J. Moore. I have a strawberry banana smoothie to my right. I have my headset that is actually functioning for right now, knocking on wood as we speak. Uh, We are recording this. Not at night, and I have a country song stuck in my head. I think I'm. I think this is what the kids call thriving. <laughs> it's it's called. It's what they say. Uh, living my best life. I I, I think this is. <laughs> yeah. Um. And again, just like the story I was telling you before the show, I guarantee you people heard the country part and they're like, "Wait, what?" Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> huh? Connor listens to country. I mean, some people shouldn't be surprised. And then other people are just like, him? Really? And yes, it's it's very sporadic. Like I was telling <laughs> Kyle before, I'm very on and off. It takes a country. good song. Right. Like when yeah. I am off, I am anti that entire genre, it feels like. Yeah. But when I'm on, I'm fairly open to almost anything. Right. Actually, let me go back to the off. I'm, usually I'm about negative to the entire genre, except for a select few. <laughs> Carrie Underwood. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy hey man she's great and she makes and she makes a mean sunday night football theme she does <laughs> she does i will say that i've heard she's not great live i have heard the exact opposite interesting i have i have heard the i have i happen to be friends with a few super fans i will call them super fans they might not think the super fans well ones i think is just a big fan and there's another who i know is a super fan and i have heard that she's really good live Huh. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I've never been to a country concert. That's fair, yeah. I don't think I will go to one. They're actually really fun. <laughs> I've I gone it to... depends on the artist if I were to go See, to one, honestly. I went to, I went to Toby Keith and Eric Church opened for him. That was mm-hmm. great. I went to Taylor Swift when she was country. That was awesome. And then I went to Country Fest uh, the summer after I graduated. And Country Fest was just amazing because just, it's just a big mix of current... And old, you know, performers, and it's super fun. <laughs> um, I don't think I trust that many people around the campground with country music. <laughs> I don't think um, I trust that many people. I mean, I don't trust people to begin with, but I don't think I, I want to trust that many people yeah. in a two, three-day stretch. The yeah. closest I've ever gotten to a country concert was Taylor Swift, and she performed it. a song when she was a, when she used to be a country artist. Uh-huh. That was this summer. So, that was and yes, that's the grand reveal. Connor Moore saw Taylor Swift. Boom. Insert jokes here. Insert. Go I, ahead. I'm waiting for it. I'm them. jealous, man. I feel like that would have been fun. Hey, the last the last time someone figured out that I went and saw Taylor Swift, I got I it literally took an entire half of the school year. 
for me for people to live that damn thing down. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> Enough about music. We're here to talk about sports. And specifically, we are here to continue our 2018 NFL season preview. And previously, on the last episode of First Round KO, we previewed the NFC West. And you can go back and listen to Wednesday, Wednesday's episode for those predictions. But today, on this fabulous Friday, we will be talking about the NFC South, making our predictions for this very talented and very good division. Um, and I feel like I've said that for all of them. <laughs> but Probably. this this one specifically, and I I failed to realize this until I actually looked it up, but three of these teams last year were in the playoffs. And and it's kind of it's funny because uh Wednesday we talked about, you know, the the West being one dominant team and three rebuilds. In this in this division, it's three dominant teams and one rebuild. <laughs> so it's it's very fun. It's, it's going to be fun to transition uh, from those divisions. So the NFC South, last last year the Saints won the South with, a, with an 11-5, 11-5 record. They ended up being the fourth seed in the playoffs. The Panthers also were 11-5, but the Saints had the tiebreaker. So the Panthers ended up with the five-seed wild card. And the Falcons were 10-6 with the sixth seed in the wild card. Um, the Panthers and Saints met in the playoffs the Saints beat them to go on and lose to the Vikings and then the Buccaneers finished the season five and 11 last year and the you know we talked about you know on Monday the division the in the east no team has repeated since I don't know it was like 2003 or something like that and then you know this last one too or the west too like it's usually a different winner every year the NFC South has had different winners the past three seasons, and the Buccaneers have not won since 2007. Um, so the, this division's always – it seems to change every year. It, like, the teams are pretty consistent, but it depends on who's hot that year and who gets hot late in the year and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk NFC South, and we're going to start with the New Orleans Saints. Connor, what do you think about the Saints? They were screwed. They got screwed in, in that in that uh, playoff game, the divisional round. Let me get that out the way right now. They got absolutely screwed. Yep. And it was it was literally a rookie mistake, and I feel I still feel <laughs> bad from. I am was I one of the people who unloaded jokes on him? Yes, I did. It was it was Marcus was I, Williams, right? It was Marcus Williams. That's what I thought. I, yeah, I. They got screwed. Anyways, now that I got that out the way, um, let me just say this. Any team with on the offensive side of the ball that has average to good, like the the lowest level of good you can be good, talent, and you have Drew Brees as your quarterback, I think you're fine. I'm gonna get that out right. Get that out right now. Ted Ginn Jr. is a reliable uh, wide receiver. They have a dual headed, triple headed. Their running back depth is insane as it stands right now. Yeah, because they just went and signed Shane Vereen. Yep, so they have Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Shane Vereen in the the running back department. Benjamin Watson, a good tight end. Michael Thomas is there. I love the pickup of Cameron Meredith. I wish the Bears could have worked something out to keep him. But but the Bears have enough receivers without him. That's true. I think think they were forced to do that because they let go of Cameron Meredith. Like it's an okay loss for them. Right. 
looking at the looking at the Bears' right. depth now, right. but again, that's I'll get to my Bears an, an analysis when we get to the NFC North. But I On love the Monday. pick. Of, I love the pickup of Cameron Meredith a lot. Max Unger still one of the league's best centers, a very solid line, and a first ballot Hall of Famer in Drew Brees. The offense is fine. Defense: Cameron Jordan, one of the one of the league's best uh, defensive ends. Marcus Williams, I I think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. I really hope that it's that he doesn't get a serious case of the yips now. I hope so. Especially with it being him. If it being a sophomore year, I really hope he doesn't have a, a bad case of the yips. Marshawn Lattimore, reliable cornerback. Manti Teo has worked mm. himself in, into being a – I don't want to say competent because even that sounds negative. A reliable middle linebacker, I will say that. I would say I would say slightly competent <laughs> would be my word for Manti Teo. He has not panned out like everyone thought he was going to. No, he hasn't turned out to be like the world's greatest middle linebacker in that in that class but, no that's someone else in this division <laughs> but he's i think he still worked out a very uh, he's working out a fairly good career for him i think yeah. he's, i think he's doing a serviceable job alex okafor mark Davenport. let's see yeah it and sean payton last time i was like is still their head coach so as long as he's still there as well yes the saints team is fine yes. i they're going back to the playoffs that's that's really all I have. I don't really have anything else to say. The only thing maybe would be I wonder if Father Time is going to finally catch up to one of these quarterbacks. One of them. And I hope it's not Drew Brees first. But I think he's fine. I think everyone else is fine. The New Orleans Saints are going back to the playoffs, everybody. Let's yeah. let's let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm gonna start off by saying there's going to be two teams out of this division in the playoffs. It's not going to be three like last year, and we'll get to those reasons why later. Um, yeah, New Orleans Saints are going to be, like you said, they're they're going to be fine. They're, they haven't lost anyone, and they've drafted really well. Um, and obviously they have, they have the best coach, quarterback, and owner trio in the NFL. Like, specifically the coach and the quarterback. Like, those two work so well. And Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they work so well together. I think Drew Brees, like you said, first ballot Hall of Famer, fantastic quarterback. As long as they have Drew Brees in general, he's going to be fine. Like, it's the same with the Patriots and the Packers. As long as they keep their quarterbacks right now, they're going to be in the playoff hunt. They're going to be in the championship hunt every year. Um, Saints have a good O-line. Not the best in the division, but a good O-line. Solid enough to keep Drew Brees. Uh, protected and to block for the running backs Ingram and Camara, which and I yes I'm leaving out Shane Vereen because I think these two are going to have I think Shane Vereen was just brought on to kind of you know run like two or three times a game if that he'll he'll be very situational he'll be mostly like reserve if someone gets hurt um, but Ingram Ingram and Camara are going to be fantastic we saw what Camara could do last year and he was rookie of the year last year, I believe. Yeah, I believe yeah. So. He was, yeah, he was offensive rookie, and they have the defensive rookie also from last year, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. It's really interesting because the Rams had both offensive and defensive, and then the Saints had rookie offensive and defensive. That's cool. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, Ingram and Kamara are going to tear it up, and it's only going to help Drew Brees, and, you know, they're going to help each other out because uh, teams won't be able to just focus on the run or just focus on the pass. You're going to have to look at both, and that's going to help uh, both sides of the ball. 
Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, and Cameron Meredith are going to be solid wide receiver core. They're they're nothing special, but when you have Drew Brees throwing the ball, you're they he's going to make them look special. They're going to put up bigger numbers than they would anywhere else. And Benjamin Watson, he'll be a solid tight end. He he's he's not like an elite tight end. Like he's I wouldn't he's obviously not like a Jimmy Graham or even like a Greg Olson, but he's he's going to be solid enough. He'll catch passes, but he will mostly be used to block for Ingram and Kamara. And so they'll they'll all be solid catching passes for the Saints. Defensively, their their best couple players are uh, Jordan Cameron on the defensive end, Marshawn Lattimore, and Marcus Williams, the two rookies in the back of the defense. And then uh, I'd say A.J. Klein is their best linebacker. I think he's really good on the rush, on the pass rush. So th- those those four players are going to be impact players for that defense. And, and they showed last year, this New Orleans team, they showed how how well this defense works together and how how physical – and uh, kind of dominant that they can be. So we'll see if they can be that consistent for the Saints. And uh, it was interesting because I believe it was either today or today being Thursday or yesterday that Alvin Kamara came out and said that, you know, if if they wouldn't have, like you said, got screwed on that last play against Minnesota, um, Kamara said if they wouldn't have got screwed, they would have gone on, they would have beat Philadelphia – they would have beat the Eagles, and they would have went to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have definitely competed. If Nick Foles could throw and put up that many points on the defense of New England, Drew Brees definitely could have too. So it, it, it would have been weird. It would have been different. But I definitely think the Saints could have went in – ooh, excuse me – could have went into Philly and made some noise. Um, yeah, and this Saints team, like I said, they haven't really lost anyone. They haven't lost anything. They're, they're going to be fine. That's that's the word for the Saints this for this offseason. They're they're going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs again. Yeah, I've got nothing to add. This this is a solid team. This this is might be the one if what if if anything, two teams where I'm just like, eh, alright. No, nothing nothing to nothing to see here. They're fine. Nothing different since division. what, two thousand eight? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like what's what's like, new? Anything anything's the thing that you touched on, though, is that their defense – it's funny how it feels like a couple of years ago, we're just like, oh, the Saints, great offense. They let ev- they will let a peewee team score. Yeah, and then, yeah. And it was – one they, year they, it they was – They rounded themselves out. It was the Packers and the Saints <laughs> at the bottom of the defensive rankings. And now the the Saints have a, a very formidable defense. So, mm-hmm. And you still have a, a high-flying offense yeah. with Drew Brees as your quarterback. Which is scary. Two you have two all-pro running backs. Let's. Why are we even acting like we're worried about this team? Let's let's move on. It's also well, real quick to wrap it up too. It's it's interesting because you look at the Rams and the Saints, which are two of the best teams in the NFC right now, and it's interesting because you look at the two quarterbacks. You look at Jared Goff and you look at Drew Brees. On Monday, we explained that Jared Goff is going to be made better by the talent surrounded by him on offense, but Drew Brees is going to make the talent around him look better because of the talent that he possesses at quarterback. So it's really interesting how you really have to know who your quarterback is, and then you have to build around him. You really do. And you have to know who to invest in and what kind of players you can draft to put around him and different schemes and everything. It's really interesting to look at because both teams are great, but one team is a Hall of Fame quarterback. (laughs) So it's, it's super, super interesting to look at it from or like that. 
The next team we're talking is the Atlanta Falcons. Connor, what do you think of the Falcons this year? Pay Julio Jones all the money he wants. (laughs) 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 Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me he doesn't deserve it. Uh, All right, so so Matt Ryan's still there, obviously. I mean, the biggest loss to that team was Kyle Shanahan leaving as the offensive coordinator, and obviously now since the head coach of San Francisco. Steve Sarkeesian took over last year, and we saw flashes of the Atlanta Falcons when they, when they made that Super Bowl run, but then we saw that offense kind of stag, uh, stagnate a little bit. But I still think it's a very high-powered offense. As I mentioned, Matt Ryan's still there. Mohamed Sanu turned out to be a really good wide receiver, a good compliment to Julio Jones, who is I finding... Finding words to describe Julio Jones is impossible. He's definitely a, a top five wide receiver. It's it's insane what the man does. And all this when he had foot troubles, basically. He might as well just have a robotic foot at this point. And he's doing the things that he does. Very good offensive line. The draft of uh, or the pickup of Calvin Ridley in the draft, it was the worst thing for any cornerback that they ever have to face. Because if you get a healthy Julio Jones back and Mohamed Sanu still doing his thing, now you have Calvin Ridley, who I think has the capabilities of being a big time wide receiver in the league. Their defense, I'm a massive fan of Vic Beasley Jr. Yes. Love him. Tack McKinley. Uh, recent draft pick as well. I think he's going to do very well. Brooks Reed still there, good veteran piece. Desmond Trufant still effective. Keanu Neal, Ricardo Allen. Playoff mount. Another another two teams are coming out of this division for me. I this is it's hard. I think I think it's hard to look at this team and realize okay, year two they're really they're now fully accustomed to the Sarkeesian system. You know they saw what things worked, they saw what things didn't work. I, I think it's time to get rid of the notion. I think they realize it's time to get rid of the notion. It's like, okay, we're not the Kyle Shanahan offense anymore, offense anymore, but we can still be pretty lethal right. because basically everyone, for the most part, everyone is still here. Right. And that this team, top to bottom, the offensive side, the defensive side, again, a very, very solid team. The Saints and the Falcons are going to compete to win the divisional crown this year. I know it feels like this division always has so much parity in it and it does and i think that's what makes it almost year in and year out one of the best divisions in football because someone it's no one really has a stranglehold on the division for an x amount of times x amount of years but this is going to be a very competitive division between these two it's going to i think it's going to be a two horse race for the most part uh i think the carolina panthers can maybe poke their heads in a little bit but I think they're more. I think they're better off gunning for that wild card. But again, who knows with this division? But as far as the Falcons are concerned, solid, very, very solid. I like this team a lot. I completely agree, uh, especially because a much, much like so with the Saints, they have the great head coach in Sean Payton, and they have the great quarterback in Drew Brees. And then you look at the Falcons; they have a good quarterback in Matt Ryan, and they have a good coach in Dan Quinn. Obviously, it's. I think it's a downgrade at both positions, but it works because of the. T- you know, Matt Ryan's a great quarterback, and much like Drew Brees has the or makes the talent around him better. Matt Ryan just has good talent around him, so that's. It's just scary. That offense is scary. 
with you know, obviously Matt Ryan at quarterback and then De- Devontae Freeman behind him, who's just he's been a fantastic running back coming out of Florida State. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Be, having the I knew I think people knew he was going to be decent, but I don't think anyone knew that he was going to be as dominant as he has at the NFL level. <clears throat> And their their offensive line, I mentioned earlier that the Saints don't have the best offensive line in the division. I think the Falcons do. It's a very underrated offensive line. They've, they're very strong, and they keep Ryan protected, which is huge because not only, you know, Aaron Rodgers, even when he, when he doesn't have great wide receiver help, if you get him time, he's going to find someone open. So you give Matt Ryan, who's a talented quarterback, time at all he's gonna find someone open but you give Matt Ryan time with these three wide receivers someone's going to get open and if they don't Matt Ryan will find a way to get them open it's scary how how well put together this offense is um and speaking of the wide receivers you know Julio Jones obviously fantastic needs to get paid and and Calvin Ridley great a great addition. I mentioned him when we did our awards. I think he'll be contender for rookie of the year on the offensive side. He's, he's going to be fantastic. And Muhammad Sanu, like you said, he's really stepped up into the role. And I think it works so well with Muhammad Sanu because he – so like Julio is a deep threat, obviously. He's either a deep threat or he breaks in the middle, catches and runs. And I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a lot the same. He's going to be a very – he's going to be a deep threat. He's going to be a very – like a go route or post route, anything. Or he's going to make a quick move and try to get it behind you. Um, and that's why I think Mohamed Sanu fits so well, and he's going to work even more because now you have two deep threats, and you have Mohamed Sanu, who's a very dink and dunk kind of guy. He's He'll run a slant route while the other two run goes. If one of the two receivers doesn't get open on the go routes, you just dink – you know, drop it off to Mohamed Sanu and he'll run it for ten yards. Um, and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be really interesting to watch because, and they also have Hooper, Austin Hooper, uh-huh. Austin Hooper at tight end, fantastic tight end. Um, so you're gonna have to have a linebacker on the tight end and a linebacker on the wide receiver. That leaves you know four people, you know hypothetically that leaves four people to, to guard the. Uh, wide receivers most of the time you think you're going to double Julio and then you're going to have one-on-one on Ridley and Sanu one of them is going to get open every play and then you might have one of your safeties lean more towards those two and then Julio is going to start going off this this offense is scary like it's it's really scary for me to look at um the only thing the only problem I have with this Falcons team is the defense I really only like Vic Beasley like he's obviously he's one of the best pass rushers right now and he's really coming to his own but the rest of the defense worries me so i think teams as as good as this offense can be if defenses can slow them down even slightly i think teams especially with good quarterbacks like the, the rest of the teams in this division they'll be able to put up a decent amount of points and all of these falcon games are going to be high scoring and they're going to be close um but but I think this offense, in the end, they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to outscore most most people. Pay Julio. Pay. Let's move on. Pay Julio. Pay him. The next team. Pay, pay my man's. The next team is the Carolina Panthers. Connor, what do you think about the Panthers? 
No, that's how they're in the news now because a former wide receiver is just mad. <laughs> and he and, and technically okay, so Kelvin Benjamin's complaining about how he wish he had a more accurate quarterback, but the best year of Kelvin Benjamin's career came with Cam Newton as quarterback, and now he goes to a team that doesn't even know who the hell they want their quarterback to hey, be. Don't don't diss Josh Allen. <laughs> I repeat, they don't know who the hell they want their their quarterback to be. So let me get that one out the way right now. But looking at their wide receiving core of the Carolina Panthers, Devin Funches is – I don't know if it's a product of Cam Newton making him look good. I, Devin Funches does possess a lot of talent. Now, do I think he is one of the league's best receivers? No. Do I think he's serviceable? Yes. Torrey Smith, a veteran wide receiver. We know what he's capable of. Jarius Wright, same there. DJ Moore, a wide receiver who I actually really like. And I'm, I'm one of those people, if, if you're pretty good and you have the same last name as me, I'm... Ah, yeah, ah. I, 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 I became one of those people. I didn't... One of my old friends, shout out to Brad Miller, by the way. Uh, he was one of those people... Uh, he has a jersey of anyone whose last name is Miller who's decently good in, in a sport and i was like that's actually Braxton. a decent idea but there's hardly anyone with my last name bro i would love a greggles see name. that's the thing with me though my last name is spelled o-l-s-o-n and most old most famous olsons are e-n <laughs> i'll put a little tape thing right where the where the e thing and you you, you know what i mean <laughs> cam newton cam newton's still there good uh really really good quarterback i'm a personal fan of cam newton Health is going to be the biggest thing with Cam Newton. It has always been the biggest thing with Cam Newton. So has accuracy problems for the most part. I would say, but, con- yeah, I would say more consistency. <laughs> uh, con- con- but that, but health does play a massive right, yeah. role into that because he seems to be always injured. I want to see what happens when he, when he's all systems go. And the right. closest thing we got to all systems go was the MVP uh, Cam Newton, the Super Bowl quarterback. Not Super Bowl winning, but the Super Bowl participant quarterback Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the real deal. Holy I, field. I I love this guy. I loved him at Stanford. I love him on Carolina because you can still do so much with him. It I, I I love him there. Julius Peppers hurt right now, I believe, but I think I I, I think he's essentially he, I, he's lost he. He's lost his way. I don't want to say he's lost all of it, but he's not as effective. But he can still get the job done. Shaq Thompson, a good. I uh, like him as a as a linebacker. Don Terry Poe and Kawan Short clogging up the middle with defensive tackles. Luke Keekley. I know you are very high on Luke Keekley. I myself am very are am very high on Luke Keekley. Thomas Davis is still an absolute star. And you know what? The secondary, sure, they weren't locked down. And they haven't been that lockdown scary forces you once thought when Josh Norman and company were still there, but still really good. Could still get the job done very, very well. As I mentioned, I think I I think the biggest problem here is going to be the quarterback play as far as consistency is concerned. How can Cam Newton stay on the field? And in when and if he is on the field for a long time, you know, for most of the season and not hurt. He can't have, he can't be in these ruts where it's like, oh, for one good game, he has like two or three meh games. Yeah. So consistency has to be a big thing there. And I, the wide receiving core is good, not great. I think Cam Newton does well with what he has, and he has the ultimate security blanket in Greg Olson. 
Yes. Still mm-hmm. salty. The birds got rid of him years ago, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Everyone is <laughs> in the NFC North, that is. <laughs> but, the, yeah, so the biggest thing for me will be Cam Newton's health slash consistency, as you mentioned. I want to see what I want to see this wide receiving core really, uh, really put up numbers. And the other thing is that, and it's no fault of the Carolina Panthers, they're just stuck in the same division as the Falcons and the Saints. Absolutely. That's that's as that's just unlucky because <laughs> this is a team that can win the division but there's two other behemoths in the division yeah so as that's why i said i think their best shot at the playoffs is a wild card but overall a uh, fairly good team i think they can make a playoff push but as i mentioned it won't come via division crown barring <laughs> you know unless the Falcons forget how to play football and Drew Brees just calls it quits right. by week three. so That would be interesting. That would be depressing. So here's a fun fact. The, uh, the Carolina Panthers, with Cam Newton as quarterback, have never had back-to-back winning seasons. Never, never have they had a winning season, gone 11-5 and or even 9-7, and and then the next year had a record above 500. Never has that happened with Cam Newton as quarterback. Every year they go, you know, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, something like that. And then the next year they'll go 8 and 8, they'll go you know, 6 and 10. They have never had back-to-back winning seasons. And I believe that that trend will continue. Last year they were 11 and 5. This year, I do not believe they have a winning record, and here's why. Norv Turner is their new offensive coordinator. Fantastic offensive coordinator when you have a precision quarterback, much like when he was with the Chargers and he had Phillip Rivers. He worked well with Phillip Rivers because Phillip Rivers is a precision quarterback. I don't. Cam Newton's not a precision quarterback. Dude... Is a he's a guy that is going to run around, use his athleticism and his strength to get the ball to his receivers. But he is by no means, you know, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. He's not he's not a pinpoint guy. So it'll be interesting to see how Norv Turner works with Cam Newton. Other than that, I believe Cam Newton is a very talented quarterback and he's a very good guy at the position. But you know, we'll <laughs> The talent that he has on offense is not it, – it, it's definitely not the Saints and it's definitely not the Falcons. Uh, he's not going to have a lot of help. Funchess is a talented wide receiver, but he's not a starter on any on most other teams. Like he – I don't think he's a number one guy. Like I, And he's talented. He's got big numbers because Cam Newton had a good season last year. And But and you now they have the addition of Torrey Smith and Greg Olson is basically their third receiver. So, like, those three will be good for Cam, but it, like I said, it'll be very interesting to see how North Turner actually uses Cam and makes this – how he attempts to make this offense efficient. Um, the two running backs, C.J. McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson, um, they're going to they're gonna be good. We, we know what C.J. Anderson can do. He was a beast in – 
Denver, even when they didn't have a quarterback, he was still good. And he re- he helped out Peyton a lot when Peyton was still there. And then McCaffrey, he's the real deal. I said this, I've been saying this since the draft last year. He is the real deal, and it is one of the most athletic quarterback running back combinations in the league. <laughs> um, it, it's insane. So they'll, you know, they'll have a lot of rushing yards. I don't know how Cam's going to do passing wise this year. Now, defensively, I'm actually very impressed by this defense because you look at the front seven, the you know the line and the linebackers. It's you can make the argument that it's the best defensive front in the in football. Like with with Peppers and Poe and Short, at, uh, Addison Mario is no scrub, and then you got Shaq Thompson, Luke Keekley, and Thomas Davis at linebackers. That's it, like it's scary. Like teams are not going to be. It's not going to be easy to run on this team. That's for sure. Unfortunately, like you mentioned, they play in a division with two, I would say, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, and and their secondary is, you're, you're higher on them than I am. I, I think the secondary is weak, especially compared to their front seven. And I've mentioned before, talking about other teams, if you have a weak secondary, it can make your whole, it can make the entire defense look weaker than it actually is. Um, I think that's going to be their biggest downfall. I don't think Cam's going to be able to score enough to make up for what the secondary is going to allow. Um, and the biggest thing that scares me about this Panthers and makes and convinces me that they're not going to make the playoffs, their last three games of the season, they play the Saints, they play the Falcons, and then they play in New Orleans again. <laughs> Saints, Falcons, Saints. To end the season. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're not. No, that is one of the, like, that is so unlucky that that happened. And there's no way that they, like, they're probably going to end the season 0-3. So late in the season when they, you know, when they're probably going to need a win or two to get into the, into the playoffs, it's just not going to happen for them. Never had back-to-back winning seasons. That continues this year. It's kind of funny how I ended up turning into the optimist here. <laughs> it and, is. Usually I, and usually I search for reasons just to tear a team apart. But I don't know. I but have, we'll, we'll, I we'll have found some reasons lately. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, it's very – I think the one thing that benefits the Panthers is the fact that there is so much parity in this division. Yeah. Seemingly. Yeah. Include, and it has included them. You know, right? So it's it hasn't it's not just parody in the form of oh it's just the same two teams. I don't even think that's parody to begin with. It's like you mentioned, there's always someone different, and mm-hmm. this is this it can very well be a division where three teams get into the playoff playoffs. <laughs> I think that is unlikely, and, and yeah, well, especially because we last year it's not like the Panthers were the third place team who squeaked in with a ten and six record. That was the Falcons. Like the pan the Panthers were second place in this division last year. So, right. I, yeah, they definitely it's, can compete with this with these teams. Right. And, you know, and I don't this season per se, I don't think three teams in this specific division gets in. I don't think. But it's very possible that that already happened. Yeah. Happened last year. So we'll see. Speaking of tearing teams apart. Yep. I can't wait. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the final team that we're going to talk about today in the NFC South. Connor, what do you think about the Buccaneers? 
They're like the opposite of the Jags. <laughs> They're like the exact opposite. There's so much potential, but one team taps into it and the other team just botches it. Yeah. I mean, tell That's me. Sure. Please tell me how you have one of the league's premier big play threats and Mike Evans on your team. Tell me how you have an up-and-coming tight end like Cameron Brait on your team. Tell me how Deshaun Jackson, even though he's not the same as he was in Philly, he's still pretty effective. Are you going to mention up-and-coming tight ends and not mention O.J. Howard's name? That man is incredibly talented. <laughs> like I get well, the you did it. I well, get, you did it for me, so thank you. I did. I, I get the Cameron Brait, but OJ Howard, man, that dude is a big, athletic guy. Like he is, he is. I would say as athletic as Jimmy Graham. Like he has potential. Keyword there is potential with this yes. with him, and I do. I do like OJ Howard. By, by the way, thank you. I love, I'm like just scrolling up and down this depth <laughs> chart in this no roster, problem. and I completely because I have tight end in different spots. Like yeah, I know. I'm just like, this is stupid. But just thought just I'd remind me, you. Just give me how the depth chart, the depth charts looks when you're trying to put it together in Madden, and I'll be <laughs> fine. That's that's the easiest way. Don't worry, it comes out tomorrow, and I'll, that's probably how I'll be doing my research from now on. <laughs> Madden. Yeah. You would you would think you would think I would know how to read a depth chart. I brought. I'm I'm a play by play announcer for Warhawk football. <laughs> but, you would but, think. E- but but e- but even there. Even their spot sheets are more organized than this. But anyways, the, that's not the point here. The point is this. Potential is such the word here. And they botch it. I don't know if it's because there's just idiots on the team. Jameis Winston. Which, by the way, I'm going to get to him now. Ooh, okay. I don't trust him leading, leading a football team. Nope. I do not. All the intangibles that he possesses, even though he still can be wildly inconsistent, for the cannon of an arm he has, for the way he can shrug off defenders, for the way he can move across in and out of the pocket and create and extend plays or even make a play for himself, I do not trust him. You're already losing him for, what, three, four games because of another incident off the field? Nike's pulled their... Yep. They're not going to renew his contract and everything. And he's suspended for the first three games of the season. So, yeah, so it was three. Yep. This is supposed to be your leader. The quarterback is supposed to be your leader of the offense, if not the leader of the team, nine times out of ten. You knew what you were drafting. And, I mean, I was kind of guilty of, like, all right, yeah, he did stupid things in college and everything. Some of them were really stupid. But he was in college. But then, but then he gets into the league and continues to do stupid stuff. This, I think, is worse. Yes. Like in college, the crab leg thing was just hysterical. <laughs> the, the st- then this thing where he stood on top of uh, a table in the middle of the campus and just and and screamed the one of Vine's most iconic lines that I don't want to say. Yeah, probably probably better to not say it. And both of those seem very minute to the fact that he was allegedly, I would say allegedly, but still, groped a female Uber driver. There is a lot of question marks when your supposed leader of the team can't even be a decent human being (laughs) off the field. 
So if he can hardly do that, what makes you think he can lead this team? And I used to be so high on Jameis Winston, but he's turned into the biggest bonehead in the league at this point. Yeah. I mean, let alone plagued by inconsistency, plagued by injuries, plagued by not having a whole lot of talent around him. But now he has talent around him, and he was still inconsistent. And now he's gone for three games, and what are you going to get when he comes back? You're going to have a, a, a Jameis Winston who's determined to get his life back on track off the field and on the field or what? What are you going to get? I, I, don't trust the, I don't trust that offense with James Winston as quarterback. I, I mean, I think they're going to be fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick backing them up. But long term, they really, they really have to take a good, hard look at themselves and realize if Jameis Winston is, in fact, the guy. Yes. Is he the guy that they thought he was when they drafted him? Yes. On the defensive side of the ball, Jared McCoy, one of the league's best defensive tackles. Mitch Unrein, another former Bayer, provides good depth behind him as well. Brett Grimes, you know, for all the issues that he has off the field, but that's mostly his wife. Sure. He's he's a pretty good cornerback as well. Vernon Hargraves as well. Kawan Alexander in the linebacker core. Levante David. Chris. I don't want to talk about Chris County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no, I don't have anything positive to say about Chris. How about County. how about JPP? I think that I think. I think that's a, that's a, I, I like him on that defense. Another veteran help, and he's still effective too. He's very effective. Yes. And so now, offensive lines have to worry about JPP, and then Gerald McCoy busts through the middle, or vice versa. They're too busy trying to make sure Gerald McCoy doesn't cause havoc up the middle on the line, and then you turn around, and then wham, your quarterback just gets blasted. And Vinny Curry on the other side of the of the, of the defensive line, the other defensive end. Can can also hurt you. So I think, Jape, I can't believe I'm saying this because usually you would think it, you would think it, you would think it's the opposite, right? The the, the vets make the young guys look better. Or right. so so. Yeah, yeah. The young guys making the old, making the vets look great. I mean, it's not like JPP ever fell off to begin with. No, but other than the one year with the injury. Right. Exactly. But with Jarrett McCoy up the middle, that is a nightmare. So I love that defensive line. The linebacking core could use some work. The secondary is eh. That offense will be plagued with inconsistency. I'm more confident in the defense getting the job done than the offense. Because when Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, okay, yeah, he'll get the job done, but he's not going to be a long-term option for the season. And definitely not for the franchise. He's a few years off from, from retirement. Who's going to get the ball to Mike Evans? Who's going to get it to Cameron Bray? Who's going to get it to O.J. Howard? They've surrounded Jameis with so much talent around him. But I don't think he's going to stay on the field very long. I do not trust him. I do not trust him on the field, off the field. I really do think that this is going to be the last year where they look at Jameis Winston as the guy. And maybe they're going to hand the baton off to a Gerald McCoy or a Mike Evans, or an O.J. Howard, or a Cameron Bray. Jameis Winston cannot and should not be the face of this franchise. And to be and to be quite honest with you, depending on how he does this season, Jameis Winston cannot and or should not be the starting quarterback of the future for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I do not like this team in this division. There's three there's three much stronger, more of a sure thing uh, teams in in their division as well. And they're just plagued. The 
the Bucks are plagued with inconsistency. They could be the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFC. They really could. They really, really could. I mean, the Jaguars always, but the Jaguars, even from top to bottom, were like teeming, teeming with potential. Right. There's still a few. There's still a few holes that Tampa needs to fix up here. But I, I'm sorry, but I don't see how they realistically make a push for a playoff spot this season. No, I don't. I don't see how they realistically make life difficult for the other three teams. Sure, they're competitive, but oh, they'll be competitive enough, barely. I honestly just a lot of it for me. Like I like I mentioned, I trust the defense more than I do the offense, but I mainly trust the defensive line of the Buccaneers. In offense, they added pieces around Jameis. Can he stay on the field? And when he is on the field, can he stay consistent? My answer to both, for me, is a no. And this kind of sucks because I used to be a Jameis Winston fan, but for me, like I said, the writing is on the wall. He he is playing for his Tampa Bay Buccaneers career this season. Yeah, so you, you touched on all the Jameis off-the-field stuff, so I'm not going to talk any about that. The only thing I'm going to say about that is, they're at a point, and Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott's kind of getting to this point too. There's a point where you can have, you know, an incident or two in college, and then one incident in the NFL, and still be okay. Like you can still carry on. Like you can learn from that one mistake. And those were in college. It's okay. But once once you have two or three things in college, and then you start to get multiple things in the NFL, and you start to gather a list of things that is wrong. That's when you start to become an issue. And I think it's an issue for a running back position. That's not even mentioning a quarterback. Like a quarterback, Jameis in, in particular, was supposed to be, you know, he was handed the keys to this. Yep. He was handed the keys to this franchise. And instead, he decided to take Uber. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, but from an on-field perspective, Jameis reminds me of a former... Buccaneers quarterback. Can you th- can you guess who I'm thinking of? <laughs> Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman. I th- the like dude had all the potential in the world. He could have been the franchise quarterback forever. They surrounded him with decent talent, and he couldn't handle it. He did not. He did not live up to expectations. He was not even like considered to be a solid quarterback. Like he was for like maybe a season or two. And then he went to Minnesota, and now he's playing in the Canadian Football League. Um, Jameis, is, his, his future is in question. Like you said, he's playing for his Buccaneers career this year. And from the way I look at this schedule, and realistically, they have a chance against three teams, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the, Bal- and the Ravens. Those are about the only teams that they can beat on their schedule. I only think they take two of those. I think this team is not fighting for a playoff spot. They're going to be fighting for a number one draft pick. And Jameis will very quickly be out the door and maybe be a backup somewhere. Mike Evans, I feel because I feel bad for all the all these players, especially all the players that you mentioned. Mike Evans, OJ Howard, uh, Bray, Deshaun Jackson even. He's coming towards the end of his career. They're all very talented people. Um, but the numbers are going to suffer, and it, it's because 
you know, because Jameis is going to be out for the first three games, which, by the way, <laughs> the first three games of the season when your quarterback is going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, your first three games of the year if you're the Buccaneers, in New Orleans, against the Eagles, and against the Steelers. So you're going to be 0-3. And so, like, all these people, all the people on offense, their numbers are going to suffer. They don't have a good running back anymore because, you know, Jaquiz Rogers is okay, but they lost uh, Martin. What the hell was his, what was his name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> whatever his – whatever. Doug Martin, there it is. <laughs> Great. He, he was an okay running back, but they lost him. This offense, they have good receivers and two good tight ends, but you can't do anything without a good quarterback. And I I don't even know what their offensive line is. And their defense, you mentioned they have a couple, you know, they have potential in the defense. And JPP, last year they were last, they ranked last in sacks for defense. This year adding JPP is going to help that, but it's, you know, with a weak secondary and a weak linebacking court, they're not going to be great on defense. This team is nowhere talented to compete with the other three teams in this division. Even with Carolina, who I think is going to be not as good this year, I, this Tampa Bay team just does not have the talent to compete, especially in this division. So that's all I really have to say on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Yeah, they, I have nothing more to say yeah, about these guys either. They're going to be competing for the number one uh, draft pick in the, the, 19, in the 20, 2019 draft. So let's go to our predictions like I have to even ask, who do you have at number four in this division? Tampa, yeah. Tampa Bay. I don't, what? Why are we? Yeah. Can 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 we? Can that just be? Was that not assumed? I mean, come on. <laughs> they're finishing last. Someone they're, has to, and it's clearly them. Yeah, they're finishing last. Uh, two and fourteen. I have them at. Who do you got at, at number three? Carolina. I would. I would say Carolina. Yeah, I have to agree. Like I like I mentioned earlier, never a back-to-back winning season with Cam Newton at quarterback, and I think that continues. I have them at eight and eight. I I could also see them going a little sub at seven and nine, but I I could I, they have enough talent. Like I said at the front seven, they that they're a very competent team, but it's just tough because of the top two teams. Now here's where it actually gets interesting. Who do you have at number two? <laughs> Oh, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. This it's is hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. But at the same it, time, I came to my conclusion pretty quickly. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans. New, New, it, either one of these two teams are going to make – both of them are going to make the playoffs. But I – yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go New Orleans on this one to finish second in the division. All right. Um, barely. Barely. Yeah, yeah mine is barely. I will, I will tell you, my second-place team I have at 10-6, and six, and my first-place team I have at 11-5. and five. So it, it is close. It's going to be a great race to follow throughout the season, um, especially when these two teams play head-to-head. It's going to be fantastic to watch. Number two, <laughs> I have the Atlanta Falcons. And the biggest reason in my mind, and I mentioned it Wednesday when we did our show, I, quarterback play is just so big in today's NFL. So really, and I didn't mean to do this on purpose, but really this, this uh, whole division is, I think, based on quarterback play, like top to bottom. I think the first team has the best quarterback, second team has the second best, and it's close. The third team has 
you know, a mediocre quarterback, the third best, and then the fourth team has the worst. Um, but yeah, the Falcons at Falcons at two, ten, six, and obviously Connor. Who do you have at number one? Yeah, the Falcons are definitely my number one team. Okay. Uh, now, that's not me saying. I do. I do agree with with the statement saying that this division, more probably more so than any of the other divisions in football, is really dependent on quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Not Drew Brees to me is still the best quarterback in this division, even though I said that the Saints are going to finish second in the division. Yeah. But to me, Drew Brees is still far, far and wide the best quarterback in this. I just think that there is just so much more talent, so much more dynamic talent on that Atlanta Falcons team that it, it's I, – I think they can win the division. I really don't know how really how else to describe it. Both teams easily can. It, like I said, right. I went back and forth on this one. I'll probably go back and forth on it towards the end. But I have the Falcons winning the division barely – but they win it. But either way, I have the Saints and the Falcons going to the going to the playoffs. Yeah, um, I have I have the Saints at eleven and five, winning the division. And like I said, the biggest reason is Drew Brees. I think he's the best quarterback, so I think that carries. And not only that, but I think Kamara and Ingram are going to be such a big part of that offense, and it's going to help help them specifically help Drew Brees and. Um, it's going to, like, like the Falcons have the better talent, but because I think the Saints have better running backs, it's going to be a more balanced offense, and Drew Brees is going to be able to get the ball to his receivers, and it's going to be, what what it really comes down to between these two teams, especially because the head-to-head games are going to be the big factor, I think, when it comes down to the end of the season, is defense and to me, the Saints just have the better defense, especially with the two young guys in the back with uh, Marshawn Lattimore and, and Williams. And uh, so I, I just really think the defense of the Saints, how they played towards the end of the season last year, I think that's going to continue all throughout this season. And I think they're going to be able to slow down the Falcons when they play head-to-head enough where Drew Brees and Kamara are going to be able to put up enough points to overcome that. So Saints win the NFC South for me. The Falcons win the, win the NFC South for Connor, and it's going to be a fun race to watch throughout the 2018 season. So that's enough football. Monday, we have the last NFC division, the NFC North, and I'm sure a lot of you are ready for that because I'm sure a lot of you are either Packers or Bears fans. <laughs> and then if you're a Minnesota fan, you're just weird. Yeah. <laughs> And don't even get me started if you're a Lions fan, but oh, that's Lions besides fans. the point. <laughs> but that's beside the point. So stay, yeah. So uh, subscribe, you know, on iTunes or SoundCloud, and if, uh, make sure you are notified for Monday's episode to hear our thoughts on the NFC North. Um, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Let's get to some segments: winners and losers. Connor, who do you have winning today? Yes, I'm going to change my mind about the winner that I had in the beginning of the show, actually. As long as you just don't upright steal mine, that's fine. (laughs) I don't think I did. I'm going to go back to the WWE on this one. Yeah. It is Renee Young, who was just named, or not named, but it was just announced, rather. This makes me so excited. She will be the first woman in WWE history for the entire duration of Monday Night Raw. 
she will be at the commentary table with Michael Cole and Corey Graves. Jonathan Coachman is out on another assignment. And apparently I, Booker T wasn't available to replace him. Right. I I love this move. I'm a big fan of Renee Young. I think she's one of the one of the best. I don't want to say talkers because it's not like she cuts promos, but right. she I think Renee Young is a, is going to be a, one of those long-term um, pe- people in the WWE when it comes to commentary. Or I can see her doing this for a very long time. Yes, I think it's a long time coming. Honestly, she used to do I, she used to do NXT, and yeah. she was actually very good. Her and I, I want to say it was her and Phillips, and I, Corey might have been in there for a little bit too. Corey Graves. I think it, I think it was Phillips. Yeah. I think so. And maybe maybe Byron at some, but yeah, they, she was on NXT and she was really good. Like, and she does the pre shows. She she's very she's very talented. Yeah, exactly. Very talented. Very charismatic as well. And I I think it's, I think it's perfect. Now I think this sets up her being on the booth or being in uh, at the table rather the commentary table for WWE Evolution. In I think October. I think they already announced that. Did they already announce the And I think it's her and Beth Phoenix, if I remember correctly. Which is even better. Let so. me I'll, I'll look that up. So keep but, going if you wanna. But yeah, no, I Renee Young wins. Renee Young is winning right now. Clearly props to her. I think it's I think it's amazing. <laughs> uh, I I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Monday Night Raw now. Yeah, and it makes me really happy because um, she just had one of the best performances of her of her WWE career. If anyone hasn't seen it, if you're a wrestling fan in general and you haven't seen this segment, you need to go see it. The, the Paul Heyman interview on Monday Night Raw, between the two, some of the best acting I've ever seen in WWE and one of the best storytelling elements that I have, like, you can tell this was a Paul Heyman segment and that he probably wrote it and produced it and everything because it was just phenomenal all around and Renee Young was actually fantastic in it. Um, yeah, WWE have uh, confirmed the Mae Young Classic announced team. Oh, Mae Young Classic. Well, I thought it was. Okay, well, they're at least doing the announcing for the Mae Young Classic. It's her and Beth Phoenix. And I would assume that now that she's doing all that too, um, that they'll at least have Renee Young at Evolution too. My winner is the Cleveland newspaper, and I don't know what Cleveland newspaper this is, but I know I do have the writer. So um, the NBA schedule was released, or at least some games. I don't know if it was the full schedule, but a lot of big NBA games were released yesterday and today. And the Cle- in the Cleveland newspaper, Cleveland's Chris Fedor wrote an article about the Lakers game in Cleveland. The Lakers will be playing in Cleveland on November 21st. And this was... There was, a, there was a title and a subtitle for this article, and it's great. So the, it, it reads in big black letters, Lonzo Ball and the Lakers at the queue on November 21st. And then in smaller, not bolded black font underneath it, it says, former Cavs James also expected to play. <laughs> 
So those Cavs dude just completely trolling LeBron. I love it. Saying that Lonzo's a bigger star and like, oh yeah, this guy who used to play on Cleveland, you know, this this random dude is also going to be on the Lakers, also going to be playing that game. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's definitely funny. I think it's all in good fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, it, I, I think we all know now that the situation in which he left Cleveland this year is much, 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 much different. Than, than when he left for Miami. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought a title back, and he, he did it in the most respectful way. And last time I checked, he's doing, he he just opened a school in Akron. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> I think they still like him a little bit. Yeah, so. I, I would I would say they still like him a lot of it. It's kind of like, oh, damn, we couldn't we couldn't do more while he was here. I think this so. time this time they realized that it was the management that drove him out, and he won a championship. He did what he said he was going to yeah. do. So yeah. So Cleveland newspaper, keep on winning. Who do you got losing today, Connor? Manchester United. Ah. I can't believe this is going to be the first time I've ever gone on a rant about Manchester United on this show, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. So you, we open up the transfer window. The transfer window closed. This show will be released Monday morning. Yesterday, the, the English transfer window closed yesterday. And sure, in the beginning of the, in the, beginning of the transfer window, when it opened, we signed a 19-year-old fullback, Diego Dalet. We signed Brazilian midfielder uh fred and we signed a 33 year old keeper lee grant but he's essentially going to be a third a third choice keeper so he's basically a depth play we need a winger a right-sided winger but we i mean we don't have a natural right winger but we can we we can do we can do without a a natural right winger if we have to okay fine we need an established fullback because our most of most of our full our left back or our right back for those of you who don't have no idea what i'm talking about me (laughs) Antonio Valencia is getting up there in age. So is Ashley Young. And clearly Jose Mourinho does not like Luke Bryan. And not Luke, I mean, not Luke Bryan. Why did I say Luke Bryan? That's the country singer. Because <laughs> we were talking about country songs earlier. Luke, Luke, Luke Bryan? Really, Connor? <laughs> really? Really? Hang on. Luke Bryan. Yeah, Luke Bryan. Country wow. girl, shake it for me. Luke's, no, no, wrong Luke. Wrong Luke. Shake Luke it. Shaw. Ah. Luke Shaw. This is why, I need, this is why I, I need to ban myself from listening to country. I was watching the CMA Fest the other day. Leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> Jose Mourinho, clearly, I mean, maybe Jose Mourinho likes that's Luke something. Bryan. I don't know. I don't, I hope you. I hope you know that that's something I'm never gonna let you live down. That you just that you just mistaked a soccer player for a country music a star. Brit. Yeah, I just mistaken the Brit for. Uh, yeah, I will I'm never fully, let you live that down. I am fully aware you won't. Cool. I'm. I have a funny feeling anyone who's gonna listen to this too is gonna insult me. And you know, I was watching CMA. Leave me alone, guys. I have anyway. a funny feeling you might get a mysterious. Uh, Luke Bryan Man U jersey for Christmas, but we'll see. Yes, yes, it's, it's the number of Luke Shaw, but it has Bryan on the back. <laughs> yep, I deserve this, <laughs> and I would wear it with pride. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do. But anyways, we the United needs a center back. We need a center back. I mean, we need center back help. Chris Smalling is meh. Phil Jones is meh, really meh. Eric Bailly is our best defender but gets hurt most of the time and some of our up and coming stars aren't ready yet we were in the mix of so many center backs and who did we get i don't know nobody ooh we did not pull off nobody. anyone we did not get 
anyone else in the transfer window apart from Grant, apart from Fred, and apart from Dalit. It already doesn't help that Jose Mourinho's already going to go on this, woe is me, already making it look like this team is dead in the water. But I think he would have at least been happier had we got in the center back that we needed and we didn't and we are doomed because I don't like the fact that Manchester City is better. I just want United to be good. I just want us to be competitive. Their next shot is the January transfer window. And I guarantee you they won't do squat. So until then. Manchester United are losers. Wow. And I hate saying that. <laughs> oh jeez. That's <laughs> That's funny. I'm I'm going to have to remember that Luke Bryan stuff. So Please don't. <laughs> so before I get into my losers, I have some breaking news. Um so everyone who's a wrestling fan knows about the CM Punk um lawsuit against WWE and recently he they settled that suit. He he actually won against Dr Chris, a man, and um, so so all of that has been done for a while. But now, some breaking news coming out: um, Colt Cabana, CM Punk's friend, who is involved in that lawsuit, is filing uh, his own lawsuit against CM Punk for a breach of contract, um, and it's for a lawsuit. Uh, oh, so it's it's over legal fees. Cabana's lawsuit uh, contends Punk's promise to help him out with the legal bills they assumed fighting. Um, the defamation lawsuit, Cabana claims Punk told him in a text that he would be, quote, 100% covered. Punk has failed to keep that promise, leaving him with an unpaid legal bill totaling $513,000, according to the lawsuit. So, the CM Punk trial continues. <laughs> that should be interesting. So, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, so, back to losers. My loser is uh, productivity because if you don't know and it, if somehow you if somehow you don't know if you're a sports fan which you have to be to listen to this podcast you should know this by now but at the time that this podcast comes out Friday morning Madden 19 will have come out and nothing I, I can tell you personally and probably on behalf of many other gaming uh sports fans that nothing will get done within the next week <laughs> starting friday morning when whenever this game actually gets released my my copy will be arriving to my house in the mid-afternoon and i can pro i i did a lot of stuff this morning before we came to record this podcast i cleaned my room i filed you know did some paperwork online and all that kind of fun stuff because i knew that starting tomorrow, I was not going to be doing anything other than sitting on my couch and playing Madden. So, productivity loses today. <laughs> AKA me when the new FIFA comes out. Yeah, I haven't owned except it. Last, except last FIFA. year, it took me like a month to get the new FIFA. Oh, this really? Year, yeah, it took me about a month to get it. And then when I got it, I made up for lost time. Trust me. Also, a sub-loser is Madden itself because some early copies of the game have shown gameplay and um, someone played a, a Chargers game at, at, Charger, at the Chargers Stadium in L.A. And, it, and the, the commentary opens up by saying, um, welcome to a beautiful day in sunny San Diego. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. This is their second season out of San Diego. <laughs> Should know this by now. It wouldn't be Madden without clearly horrible 
clearly clearly reusing (laughs) things from the last game Oh, or boy. the om- or the omission of a song lyric as well. There's always some issue with oh, Madden boy. before it comes Let, out. Okay, well, let's be clear. There's always an v- issue with EA. <clears throat> so and EA obviously Madden's a product of EA. Yes. I hope I F- hope FIFA's I hope someone starts coming out with a football. FIFA's kind of broken game. as well sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I l- let's just say I'm not the happiest with EA, and I don't think anyone has been within the past couple of years. Um. But that's but beside they, the point. But we keep buying their video games. Ah. <laughs> Let's no wrap up. How the, hard you want to avoid let, it. <laughs> Let's wrap up the podcast. One last thing from you, Connor. There's a special birthday shout out I want to give out. Yay. And by the time this podcast is released, it will be a belated birthday. And I feel so, so terrible that it has to be belated. But I want to give a special, special birthday shout out. Why am I talking like my voice is Barry Manilow? I was gonna say you're, <laughs> you're the tone of your voice right now is a little. <laughs> it fits, like it definitely fits. I think. Oh my! Just because I know who it is. <laughs> I want to give a special birthday shout out to a certain Lexi Kaufman. That is her real life name. In the ring, a WWE name, her her name in WWE, that is. She is known as the goddess. She is also known, and, in, and legitimately is as we speak, the Raw Women's Champion. Yep. And she is also known as my wife. No, she really isn't, but let's just pretend she Not is. officially, but she... <laughs> <laughs> Right. She doesn't know it. There's a lot of sound bites in this podcast somebody could blackmail me with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think I'm going to be given the, the worst one in regards to my favorite soccer team in a genre that I barely listen to. <laughs> oh, that one I'll keep. I'm fully aware. Wow. But happy birthday, Miss Lexi Kaufman. I believe she turned 27. Turned 27, technically, past tense. When the show comes on. I don't know. I'm just very upset. That when I went to Monday Night Raw this year, she was there, but the only time I saw her was on the screen because she did a backstage segment. Sad. But it's okay. It's okay because Monday Night Raw is going to be in Chicago in October, and I will literally drive all of us down to go. I don't care. Depends on when go. it is, but I will definitely go. I have the date in my head, but I couldn't remember. I want to see if there's cool. a VIP package as well because I'm extra bougie like that. But <laughs> that's that's besides the point. The point is... Happy birthday, Alexa Bliss, the <laughs> WWE's goddess, and my goddess. Oh, my one last thing. <laughs> um, the the odds for the Super Bowl uh, came out for Super Bowl Fifty Three, and the favorites to to meet once again in the Super Bowl. I feel like this happens every year. I, uh, the odds, the best odds to reach the Super Bowl are the Patriots and the Eagles to meet in a rematch. And I could not disagree more. And I'm not going to go too into depth about this because we are going to, after we finish up all the divisions, we're going to do a special playoff prediction uh, episode based on our, you know, based on our predictions. And so we're, we'll get into that and who we think is going to make the Super Bowl and win and all that fun stuff. 
Um, but I just wanted to make everyone aware that New England is uh, plus 650, Philadelphia is plus 580, or 850, sorry. And then the, the next the next couple highest teams are the Rams at uh, 10 to 1. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Green Bay are all 12 to 1. And New Orleans, 16 to 1. And then Atlanta, Jacksonville, and the Chargers are 20 to 1. So those are the best odds. Houston and San Francisco are at 22 and 1. That's it. That one's interesting. But anyway, I just wanted to make everyone aware of that and tell you that I strongly disagree with that. Um, with New England and Philly, that is, I don't believe that they're the favorites, but you'll have to stay tuned to First Round KO to hear who I think are the favorites for Super Bowl 53. Connor, take us out. You should also stay tuned to First Round KO to figure out just how many times Kyle over here is going to mention how I said Luke Bryan instead of Luke Shaw. Luke Bryan I is, can't wait. He's now I, one of the most. He's now one of the best players on Man U. Is Luke Bryan? Uh, <laughs> now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna specifically go buy my first copy of FIFA. I'm gonna create a character, a create a player, and put make him Luke Bryan and put him on Man U. I hope you know what position Luke, Luke Shaw is. I have the internet. That is true. <laughs> Anyways, to figure out just how much I'm going to have my life just destroyed because of that one slip-up, thanks to thanks to my frustration at Manchester United and the fact that I was watching a couple hours worth of country music a, t- a few days ago, feel free to, to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes because it is free and give us a five-star rating. Leave a review, too. And before you ask, no, that C-Money person is not me. It's one of Kyle's friends. I'm, I don't own a burner account. Shout, I'm not, shout out, Chad. I am not that strange. But, but yes, subscribe to us on iTunes, on the podcast app, or whatever Apple products you have. Just look up First Round KO, obviously. On SoundCloud, for those of you who have Android, yeah, again, look up First Round KO Podcast. That is your best bet if you have an Android device as well. We are also on Twitter. Follow us at FRKO Podcast. Follow Kyle at Olsen2K18. And if you want to poke fun at me, because we all know Kyle will till the end of time, and I'm fully expecting at this point a Luke Bryan Manchester United jersey because I'm an idiot, feel free to follow me at Moore underscore 7. Links in the description. Not looking forward to that day. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. I can already tell a hawk talk is not going to be great. When I come <laughs> back that first day on air. Oh, this is why I don't listen to country. Anyways, the next show we finally talk about the division that I'm sure a good amount of you want to hear. That's the NFC North. How much do I like the Bears? How much? How much does Kyle like the Packers? How much do we both equally hate the Vikings and the Lions? Who knows? You're just going to have to find out when we get there. And also, if you want to be reminded on what it'll take for me to wear a Packers jersey, I'm going to mention it again in the next episode. So make sure you listen when we shock the system since day one-ish. Sorry, Luke Shaw. I'm on the with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on a move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go.